I have a message and I'm going to get to it, but there's somebody that needs to know and be encouraged this morning to know that the Bible records in Psalm 23, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I will fear no evil. You may be in the midst of something right now. You may feel like the world has turned its back on you. You may feel like God is not listening, but he knows your name. He's walking with you. And there was a part that Crystal was about to minister. She said, no matter the hiccups, he still walks with me. The old church would say, no matter where you went, you couldn't escape his presence. You know, I would hear my grandmother say, you can make your bed in hell and some kind of way he'll still be there with you because he cares about you just that much. So we honor the presence of God that's certainly moving in this place. And let, I, 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 I want to move, but there's something about God's presence. There's something about those. And I believe that we, we, we started with the CR presentation and they talked about habits, hangups, and, uh, and, and things of that nature. And there's somebody that needs to know that no matter where you are in your walk with God, God has not changed his mind concerning you. Okay. There's somebody that's in the midst of going through something and you came in here, you were just going to go through the form or fashion, but God is reminding you that no matter where you are in your current walk with him, he's still with you. He's still with you. He's still with you. It may be tough, but he's still with you. You may seem like you're all alone, but he's still with you. It may be difficult, but he's still with you. You may seem like it's hopeless right now, but he's still with you. Yeah. Oh, how he walks with us. And I love the part where she said, in him, we're made new. So if you can't move forward and accept the newness of who God has created you to be, then I would encourage you to go back and check your relationship with him. Because no matter where you are in your walk, he hasn't changed his mind concerning you. He hasn't. And oftentimes there are people that are around us or there are situations or circumstances that cause us to stay stuck in whatever the hiccup was. There, there are things that happen in our walks in life that cause us to think that we can't move beyond our biggest mistake. But I'm here to serve notice on the devil to let you know that God says in him you're made new. Amen. That was better than y'all shouted. That was better than y'all shouted. It'll sink in later on when you get home for some of you. But I just want to encourage that one that's not ashamed to say that, Pastor, I've been going through some stuff. I've been struggling with some things. I, I want to get into God's presence, but there are some things that I know about myself that cause me to feel like God has discounted me or God has abandoned me. But I stop to let you know that God still loves you. He still loves you. Amen. Let's go to the gospel according to Luke, Luke chapter number 10. I promise you I won't be long. Um, this morning, because I feel like the Holy Spirit is still ministering to the hearts of um, those of you that are here. We welcome those that are watching by way of live stream. We certainly give God glory and honor. Um, God is doing some amazing things here in Ember Church. For those of you guys that don't know that may be member, uh, visitors, um, over the last couple of weeks, we started streaming our services. Um, and, and it's kind of, I guess, a cheat code, but um, our services are streaming all the way into Spain. Um, yeah, yeah, that God is taking this gospel around the world, um, and I believe that he's doing it intentionally. I believe that there's a sound that God is releasing from this place that's going to change the world. Okay, I'm going to have to teach y'all how to shout and praise God. 
I, I, I really believe that God is he's releasing a sound from this house that the world needs to hear. I'm going to say that again. God is releasing a sound from this house that the world needs to hear. Yeah. And that sound is how to love people and how to love people well. Amen. The gospel according to St. Luke chapter number 10. There's a familiar story starting at verse number 25. There was a lawyer that came to Jesus and he sought to tempt him. But how many of you know that Jesus is always prepared? Now, now, if you would have caught that in the prophetic, then you would have been able to shout if you were going through something from last week. Thank you, Chris. I said, Jesus is always prepared. He's not just prepared to answer his critics, but he's a prepared to answer your prayers. Okay. He, 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 he's prepared to allow you to know that he's going to show up when he's desiring to. He's always prepared. And so he... Uh, came into this encounter with uh, this certain lawyer. And the lawyer stood up and he uh, sought to tempt Jesus. And he said, Master, uh, what shall I do to inherit uh, eternal life? And he said unto him, uh, what is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered, said, thou shalt love thy, love thy Lord, um, thy God, with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and all of thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto me, uh, the, unto him, thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. Verse 29 is where I want to uh, put a pen because that's where we're going to draw our thought or our subject or our topic for this sermon. Um, but he said, but, but he willing to justify himself, talking about the lawyer, he, he said unto Jesus, who, who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? And Jesus answered and he said, uh, a certain man went from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among the thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came a certain priest, not me or Pastor Kevin, but, but, but there was a, a certain priest that came that way. And when he saw him, he, he passed over to the other side. I'm going to read that verse again. If I hear myself preach, I promise you, I get all thrown off. <laughs> no, no, but that's cool. That's cool. Because what happened was, let me tell you. Okay, so I'm going to put a pen right there. So what happened, so Facebook is so awesome because, um, and I'm glad you did that, Molly. I hope you don't mind me shouting you out. But 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 I talked about I talked about how 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 Ember services are streaming around the world. But but Ember services are also streaming in South Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota. So what she's doing is she's doing a watch party from her Facebook page, and she's inviting her sons and her relatives that are in other places to hear the sound that God is releasing because that sound is that profound that God wants everybody to hear it. So she was just inviting our our South Dakotians. Is that right? Amen. I South, South Dakotians to come on. But 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 there was this priest now. So this priest, he he saw him and he went over to the other side. And then likewise, a Levite, not like Chris, Amy, um, Ebony or Crystal. But there was a Levite who, who, who was there. And when he came, he looked at him as well and he passed to the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, he came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Somebody shout compassion. Shout it real loud, compassion. 
Make sure South Dakota hear you. Compassion. All right. And he went there and he bounded up his wounds and he poured in oil and wine and he sat him on his own beast and he brought him to the end and he took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took two pence and he gave it to them, uh, to the host. And he said, listen, take care of this man. Whatsoever thou spendest more, I will come and I will repay you. Which now of these do you think is was thy neighbor? Uh, unto him that fell among the thieves, and he that that showed mercy on him, and then said Jesus unto him, Now go and do likewise. Now, now I I, I told you in verse number twenty nine is where we want to draw a thought or our subject real quick. I want to use this for a thought. Love doesn't look for loopholes. I want to say that one more time on this side. L love doesn't look for loopholes. How many Apple users do we have in the house this morning? You're an Apple user, raise your hand, raise your phone or something. Now, 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 shout out to all our Apple people. Now, a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, rather, um, the Android family, they had um, a little bit of fun at our expense. You know, it, it's something about um, the, the, the Android people and, and the Apple people. Um, it's like the Montagues and what's the other group called? Yeah, you, you know, back in the Shakespearean days. But, it, but, but what happened was, you know, we believe that the iPhone has the best camera. We have the best features. We have the best of whatever it is to have as it relates to cell phone. Y'all supposed to clap if you was up. Yeah. And then Android people say, no, no, you must hadn't seen the, the new Galaxy phone. You see, I see some people nodding their heads. I'm going to hug the other people when services are. No, I'm just kidding. But, but something happened, and the Android people, they, they were talking, and they said, Pastor Kevin, Pastor D, if y'all phone is so amazing, then why in the world was there a bug that was exploited in your phone? They, they said, you know, iPhone or Apple had this situation a couple weeks ago where even if you didn't answer a phone, call or didn't FaceTime someone, uh, someone would have the ability to, to look at your camera and they would be able to look at you no matter what was going on. And, and now, now many of us, many of us, we simply sought to go into our settings, look at FaceTime and cut FaceTime off. But there were some other people when they realized that this was an issue, they tried to exploit it. There were some other people that said, hold up, so you mean to tell me I, I, I can pull out FaceTime and I can see how Dr. Mike gets his hair to look so good by simply looking at him? They, 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 they sought to exploit it because their intentions weren't pure. But the people who had pure intentions, they simply said, I don't want to take advantage of someone. I want to make sure that I cut this off because my heart is not to do them wrong, but my heart is to make sure I protect them and allow them to feel comfortable. And so what happens oftentimes is we'll find ourselves in situations where when things aren't the way that we think they should be, we'll look for a way out. We'll look for a way out. It, the, the, the story here, the lawyer was talking, and he said, um, now, 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 I, I want to have eternal life, but, but, but and I think I know how to do it. And he answered the question, but then in verse number 25, he tried to find a loophole. 
Because he said, now, he said, so I, I can love God with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul. That part is easy. Um, and, and, and I can love my neighbor. And, and then how many of you have some neighbors, not in here, but in your former life, you have some neighbors that you kind of wish wasn't your neighbors? Put your hand down. And, and, and so you, you, you kind of lean more towards the other neighbors as opposed to those neighbors because there's something about these neighbors that make you feel comfortable. And in the kingdom of God, we have to make sure, and I'm grateful for this parable because Jesus is telling us that we don't have neighbors that just soothes or suits our need. If, if you're going to profess to be a believer in Jesus Christ, then your heart has to be a pure heart. Your, your heart has to be a heart that no matter what someone looks like, no matter what someone has, no matter what their educational level is, I, I still have a responsibility that if I'm going to profess to be a believer in Christ, I, I have to make sure that I serve mankind. Yeah. But, but this lawyer, because he realized that he was going to come across some neighbors that he didn't quite want to deal with. He saw it in a loophole. I believe Pastor Kevin, he was asking the Lord, he was asking Jesus, he was like, so um, if I don't really know who my neighbor is, then that means I can kind of pick and choose who I want to deal with. I, I can kind of pick and choose who I want to walk with. Come here, uh, Sister Kim, this this Kim, I used to call her mama, she used to get mad. Come here real quick, Kim. The reason why I want you to come is because I forgot my bracelet in my seat, and I don't want to go and dig down. I want you to come and show it off real quick. And I promise you, I didn't give her this bracelet. But there's a bracelet. Can I hold it for two seconds? I promise you, I'll put it back on. But this bracelet, guys, is a bracelet that I believe is the mandate, a part of what God is calling us to do as we represent Ember. She took off right in. For many of you guys that are visitors here um, in, in New, uh, at this church today, um, about five or six months ago, something incredible happened. Something remarkable happened. You, we, we took a church that was predominantly African-American and a church that was predominantly Caucasian. And, and we said, we, we have to make sure that we go seek the good. We have to uh, seek those that are wounded. And both of our churches had a mindset that no matter what the wounded looked like, our purpose and our goal was to go out and serve them. I, I, we understood that if, if the red that's in this, this bracelet represented the same Christ that we serve and that they serve, then what we had to do was simply come together so that we can go out and look for whoever is wounded no matter where they are, no matter what they look like, no matter what they sound like, no matter where they're from, but to make sure that we do everything in our power to put them up on our animals. And, and, and bring them to our end and, and make a commitment to them that no matter what it costs, we're going to commit to them because we believe that if our responsibility is to represent Jesus, then our responsibility to each other is to make sure that we go out and get those that are often rejected. And so let's look at this story. And I'm, I promise you, Kim, I'll give it back. But in this story, in this story, we, we, we find three different individuals. The first individual was uh, a priest. He, he was someone that you would believe or you would think that if, if anybody embodied the heart of God, it would be him. If, if anybody understood the mandate to go uh, in the highways and the byways and, and pull those that are lost, it would be the priest. But the scripture tells us, Wayne, that when the priest saw the man laying there wounded, 
he crossed over to the other side. And he kept walking. He, he, he didn't stop and he didn't have compassion for the man that was wounded. And many of us could look and we could say, well, let's dig a little bit deeper in the text. The beginning of the text says a certain man from uh, Jerusalem came down on his way to Jericho, which would imply that this man was a Jew. That, that, that if anybody would, would, would help this man, it would certainly be the Jewish man. But the priest kept walking. Kept walking. Don't worry, later on in the message, I'm going to challenge you. And then later on, it was, it was another man that came by, and, and he represented praising God and serving God. And he was from the Levitical tribe. And so this Levite came, and when the Levite saw the same man, he simply looked, Jimmy, and passed to the other side. He failed to have compassion. Now, if I could uh, bring this home a little bit, how many people that you know who have relationships with God, who profess to be servants of God, have had an opportunity to demonstrate compassion, but yet fail? How many people that you know that that know Genesis to Revelations and they're faithful in their serving, they're faithful in their giving, but the moment the person that's in need doesn't look like them, doesn't sound like them, don't live where they live, don't have what they have, they look back and they keep walking. How many of us can testify that there's some people that we've seen, some people who are walking around and they, they, they profess to know Jehovah Nisi, which means in the Hebrew, our banner. How, how many of those people who have walked around testifying to the goodness of God, but then when they've had an opportunity to demonstrate it? Y'all prayed for like two weeks over this message. Because God is calling us to a season of stepping beyond what has called us to be divided and separated. God has called us to a season to say, listen, if anybody's going to demonstrate what heaven looks like, it needs to be the church. If, if, if anybody, yeah, that's a great place to clap, Chris. If anybody's going to look like heaven, then the church has to be the first role model. And, and, and we can't look for loopholes. Well, they live too far away, so we'll just do church as usual. They, they, they don't do it like we do it, so we'll just do church as usual. But when we get to heaven, the Bible doesn't have some signs out front that will allow you to pick and choose where you want to go this Sunday. The Bible says in Revelation that we'll all be gathered around his throne, lifting up holy hands and shouting hallelujah. And it's not about what you look like, but it's about us lifting up our hands to our risen king. That is Christ Jesus. So, so, so I paused and I, I looked at this Levite because, you, you know, you would think that the Levite would be the one that would usher us into the presence of God. But he kept walking. And then the most unlikely of all came strolling by and he looked and he saw a man that was simply in need. He didn't care about customs. 
He didn't care about how they did it. He just knew that he had a responsibility to make a difference. I, I, I told you I'm getting close to challenging you in a minute, so, so, so get, get comfortable. Yeah, get ready. Pastor Kevin said, get ready. But he looked at this man, and, and you got to understand this, guys, because if you, you go back to the story when the woman was at the well who, was, uh, who had fallen short of, of, of the commandments, he, Jesus came, and he was coming to help her, and she looked at him, and she said, hold up. I'm a Samaritan. You don't deal with me. You, 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 you don't deal with our kind. But Jesus understood that he had to be about his father's business. Listen, y'all, I, 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 I've been praying over this the last couple of weeks and the last couple of months and just asking God, God, what is it that you're doing um, in Ember? What, what are you doing inside of me? What are you doing inside of Pastor Kevin? And he took us to a place that I believe that God has prepared both of us for. I, I, I believe that he's taken us to a place that he's prepared the body of this church for. But we have to understand that it's not going to be an easy place. It's going to ruffle some feathers. It's going to make so a little bit of discord to the status quo. But he's called us to break up the fallow ground. Because for too long, people have just been comfortable doing it this way, and they just left it the way it was. But if I could tell you that if you make one change, you can make something better, how many of us would do it? Or would you rather stay in the same bubble because of how it is? This, this Samaritan man, he said, I don't care what they're going to say about me. I, I, I don't care what uh, may be, how I may be labeled. But I have a responsibility that if I'm going to profess Jesus Christ as Lord, I got to defy whatever people say. Because at the end of the day, I believe this, and I tell my kids, and I'm just about done, but I, I tell my kids this. I believe that when we stand at the judgment seat of Christ, I believe that he's going to ask us a couple questions. He's going to ask us one question to say, do you know my son? I don't know if you know it, but that question is important. <laughs> do, do you know my son? And then I believe, Pastor Kevin, he's going to ask another question, and he's going to say, who did you tell about him? And then I believe that there's a third question that he's going to ask. And he's going to come from behind the judgment seat and say, who did you demonstrate him to? Because see, it's easy for us to know him ourselves and we get our salvation right. It's easy for us to just whisper in our circles, y'all, listen, you better get to know him. But sometimes it's harder when we get back in this place that calls us to be uncomfortable. To reach and demonstrate the love of God. To reach across. If you look at 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about everything that love is. It's kind. It's patient. It doesn't talk about cliques. It says that love has a responsibility. And my prayer this morning, my prayer this morning is what's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the very last verse that says, our heart's desire, myself, Pastor Kevin, is this, that we'll show you a more excellent way. That's our only desire, is to show you a more excellent way. 
And I, I don't say this because to point anybody out, but I, I look at things and I believe that God is an intentional God. Anybody else believe that? But when I look out in our congregation, I look at what God is doing. I look at the melting pot that God is bringing together. I, I see Alice. I, I see Molly. I, I see Zach and Lala. I see Pastor Kevin. I, I, I see um, the Lumbee Indian tribe. I, I see all of this thing that God is mixing together. I, I, I see couples that by law wouldn't be able to be married uh, several years ago, but yet they're walking together in wholeness. They, they're loving each other regardless of what their complexion looks like. I, I see that God is starting to brew something. I see that he's starting it. And I believe this, y'all. I believe that he searched all over looking for a body that he could use, a body that was about doing the stuff uh, and not accumulating stuff. I believe he's looking for a body that he said, I, I, I want to give them a mandate. And the mandate that I give them is going to be so tough, but I believe that they're rough. I, I believe that they're prepared for it. I believe that they have some fearless leaders. I believe that they have some committed members that are going to go through this thing and they're going to go through with guns blazing. So here's the challenge. Here's the challenge. The challenge is, will you be the hands? Will you be the feet that defies the status quo? We celebrate Black History Month this month. And my great-grandmother, before she passed away, she gave me a family heirloom, and it's a genealogy. And my daughter, who's sitting here today, she was, was looking at it a couple uh, weeks ago. And how many of you guys know that segregation ain't too far, it's not too far back there? Yeah. There are some people that are sitting here right now that remember the, the water fountains. They, they remember the movie theaters. And they've had a glimpse of that, and now they have a glimpse of this. And I believe, not me, but I believe that they can come and grab this microphone and testify that it's better this way than it was the other way. So my question is this. Will you help us make a more excellent way? Don't look for a loophole when demonstrating who God is. We're getting ready to go into baptism in a second, and one of my brothers, he called me the other day. And he said, Pastor D, I want to ask you a question. And he, he struggled with it. It's good he's not in here. He's been like the example for two weeks in a row, right? But he called me. He said, can I ask you a question? And he said, I'm not even sure if I should ask you this question. I said, the world will be better if you ask me this question. And he asked me the question, and I gave him an answer to it. And his whole perspective shifted because he saw someone that he could, re he could relate to. He saw someone that could give meaning to what he had been asking about. And later on, we can talk about what it was. But he asked me a question. He said, what do you think about this? And I told him. And he said, yeah, I never thought about it that way. And then he concluded a couple of days later, he texted me and said, I'm getting baptized. And he said, you, my brother, I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be a part of it. He didn't look for a loophole. He simply realized that we're brothers 
we have a responsibility. As we go through Black History Month, what better example, what better shining light than to show the rest of the world that it's not about the complexion of someone's skin. It's not about the social economical status of someone, but it's simply about us loving them back to wholeness like the Samaritan man did. He loved them, he sat them up on his horse, and he took them and he said, whatever this man needs, you give it to him and I'll take care of it when I get back. That's what God is calling us to do. Let's love each other unconditionally. And I say this, I, and, and as a disclaimer, I know that this message isn't for Ember, but we're streaming around the world and somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to hear it. And then they need to see somebody that's able to demonstrate it. So I've prepared the world to see what God is calling us to do. Is that all right? I'm not naive to think that our decisions of what God has called us to do was going to be smooth and easy for everybody. But I believe that our commitment to the kingdom carries more weight than anything. And I, I, I pray for us as we move forward that whatever fiery dart may be sent this way, the Lord said he'll raise up a standard against it. We're going to be good. We're going to lead the way. And I believe, yeah, that's a great place to clap. And I believe not only Chester, but the world's going to be better because of the charge and the mandate that Christ has given me and you. All right, cool. Well, at this time, guys, I love you. I love you and I challenge you to make sure that you demonstrate to the world that you have a heart for Christ. And whatever it is that God charges you to do, you'll be committed to it. You'll be ready to walk in it.